Yeah, I keep seeing on Instagram people filing their taxes this week, and it makes me super anxious. Have you not done yours yet? Oh, no, I, I did mine in, like, February, like I always do. Oh, you're I, saying you feel anxious for, for these people. Yeah, because mm. one, well, anyway, this, I'm not sure what the extra month bought folks. Uh, I'd Like, I mean, I'm not sure companies really delayed getting their W-2s or stuff to folks. So I'm not really sure that that varies, because I believe the thing is that even when they delay it, if you owed anything, there is still interest due on it correct um i i think that's right so i mean i guess i then i guess i don't I'm when, not when a, somebody gets a one month reprieve on this type of thing i don't really like i don't know that, that makes me like why why would that maybe adjust your your timing for this type of thing well i i have to admit that i i mean i i've now filed mine but it, it was after april 15th which felt really weird but i guess what in your personal calculus made you think because i guess a, a, a month 13 versus month 14 of the pandemic i'm not i don't really get what's different I, I, in in my particular case i i basically had them done i don't know sometime in mid february and i just kind of just sat on them for a while it's the american way <laughs> <laughs> all right we're running a tight ship this do you time. have a I, actually i the quick oh. little um tangent here sure what, what's your like what's your tax preparation process are you are you just a turbo tax guy i mean what do you, i just what do you do i just basically take all the receipts out of my wallet and stick them in uh one of those little padded mailers and i, I just write uncle sam on it and i give it to the post post uh, the mail carrier and i think okay. somehow that works i, I think i think that works um i actually have kind of a nerdy way that i do my taxes do you want to hear about this just say yes well no, but it'll, I, it'll but, be more fun but, well sure but i'm trying to predict how okay yes but i don't i i dispute the premise i don't understand how it could be nerdy so i i use TurboTax. Uh -huh. however i also independently calculate my tax in excel and then i i ensure that that all reconciles you, you think the process you think you're going to be the one that finds the bug in the TurboTax software that oh no not, not, return. not at all it's more so i there, there i guess there it's two things one is i i do think some some tax law is kind of interesting oh most definitely and and the second thing is that you know it ends up being you know the single largest expense in the year so i I, I kind of like to have an understanding of kind of the ins and outs of where that money's going. But I guess, do you somehow have a, a 1040 like that's, that's Excelified? I no, I just, I just have sort of a, I don't know, just a, a template that I actually set up like years and years ago that I've kind of just, you know, modified and kind of bolted onto as my tax situation has changed from year to year. So it does not format it exactly like a 1040, but it, you know, it, it recalculates like my total tax expense. And then, you know, of course, with, you know, all my deductions, et cetera, et cetera, and um, looks at, you know, withholdings. And then, you know, I, I ultimately recalculate the, the, you know, refund that I'm owed or the amount that I owe Uncle Sam. And I do that for federal and state, in, ca in case you were wondering.
<laughs> no, I think you just, well, you're, you're just waiting for your check from Gavin. Um, <laughs> I, okay. I like, again, I can, I, I like that. I, when you said nerdy, I was thinking you were, cause I forget if you're also on board with the, uh, the paper free lifestyle. I'm it's, it's interesting you bring that up because there has been, I don't, I can't, I can't even really call it a project because it just hasn't had any sort of structure or anything around it, but there, there's been, let's call it an initiative of mine. <laughs> it's, it's very government. I like it. <laughs> um, over the past handful of months where, especially actually in the room where, where I record here, there's just a lot of paper that's, that's you know, accumulated from over the years. And I, I've been slowly digitizing that. And then I have a little kind of fireproof box thing that I've been storing, like, you know, the the handful of documents that like, you know, I, I actually do like need an original copy of. Okay. I, hmm, interesting. I, I feel like it, like, I mean, after so many years of this, I feel like we would have had to have talked about this, but yeah, I mean, shouldn't everything be digital? Like, it, I should, guess, it should be, you know, very much so. Well, yeah, yeah I, you, I hate having I hate having hard copy stuff. Yeah, I mean, you you keep uh, like a document safe or a fireproof box for like to store your passport or your birth certificate or yeah, important stuff for exactly. Yep. Everything else doesn't need to be on paper because paper can be lost, and you just you get it all on a document scanner into PDFs. So you have it on Dropbox, and um, you're you're never without the appropriate document in any situation in life. You know, one of the points of resistance with this initiative that i've had is that um when i kind of first had the idea going back a year or two ago now i cheaped out and didn't buy because you have like a fancy scan snap or something right like you uh, invested quick, in like a nice document scanner well a quick 45 second side rail um so i had in 2009, I bought a ScanSnap S510M, and then they provided software support for a really long time for it, but eventually, I think it was High Sierra or Catalina, which is the one where Apple, like, there was a thing where everything broke. Like, where they took away 32-bit app Maybe, compatibility? Maybe, or, or I don't know if Fujitsu eventually just stopped caring, but there was a version of OS X, like, three years ago that finally broke it. And then when I had to do a whole bunch of family photo digitization, I bought an Epson one that also served as uh, what I call a Wally for memories, where it basically allows you to just throw in like 104 by 6 photos and digitize those. And it's also a modern document scanner. But if I recall correctly for you, you got a um, relatively inexpensive brother one or something? Yeah, it. so we've talked about this before on the show, so I won't belabor this point of it, but 90% of what the wire cutter recommends is really good stuff. Mm-hmm. The other 10% is not that great. And oh. unfortunately, their document scanner pick, and I'm, which I'm kind of peeking over here, is the, or at least was at the time that I bought this thing, the Brother ADS-1250W. And it's it's exceedingly mediocre. And it's not particularly reliable like specific i don't know if my unit maybe should have been sent back for repair or something but like it just it you have to kind of futz with the paper a bit for it to recognize that there's actually paper in the feeder and that happens you know frequently like is there not a button that you press to initiate the scan 
There is, but you will get an error saying, hey, there's no paper in the feeder. And then you jiggle the paper around a bit, and then it works. Yeah, as as my ScanSnap was nearing kind of like the hospice phase of its uh, like tech lifespan, it was having, it wasn't that, but it would have a thing where it would like suck in three pages at once. Like the thing that had it only take one sheet at a time when you throw a stack of 14 like uh, the thing that uh, TD Ameritrade sends you at the end of the year, like that all would just get clumped together. So yeah, that's it seems like a, a similar problem. That's kind of a bummer, but um, and then you, from a from a soft not to not to interrupt, but I also want to make sure I get all all the, my points made on this this crummy brother scanner. Um, <laughs> software wise, the software is bad, well, and with specific <laughs> specifically, one of the really annoying things about it is that. When you go to save your scan, like generally as a PDF, you, when you get to the text box where you're, you're going to create a name for the document, you can't paste in text from your clipboard. <laughs> so, you know, like, so like say, say, for example, I'm scanning a handful of different documents that, you know, I want to keep in separate PDFs, but are all, you know, kind of maybe the same document from different years or something where I just want to kind of have the same name across you you can't do that. You you have to type in the name. I feel like you could. Do you own a license for Text Expander? I do. Yeah. I feel like there's some way you could rig that to kind of do what you want. Yeah. yeah. Every the reason I laughed at that is that every like that's kind of the the oldest joke in technology is that a printer software not only do printers suck but printer software is always garbage. The Epson software is definitely not good and it's very bloated, but it actually is fairly good where it'll, it'll OCR the document that you scanned and it will intelligently predict a file name for whatever that is. It's like if it sees like an invoice date or something, it's actually smart about that to the point where I can just throw documents in it, hit the scan button, and it will scan, auto-label, auto-save the PDF onto Dropbox and I don't have to do anything with it. So I mean, the, it, the software's not good, but I guess it, it's maybe one step above that. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's like those websites that don't let you, like for like your own protection, they don't let you paste a, a password in or like a credit card number in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a bummer. How much was it? I see, that's the part of it too. That's is that's, it one of those things where you can let it go? Like, was it one hundred twenty bucks and you can kind of call a mulligan on it, or it was like two hundred. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm looking on the wire cutter and. Their is, pick is, still, is still still this thing, but this article hasn't been updated since 2018. What's their so. upgrade pick? Wirecutter documents. Um, the upgrade pick is the, is this what you have? The Epson Fast Photo FF? The 600 or 680? 680. Oh, yeah. The thing, uh, again, as young people say, that thing slaps. Like, no, it's, it's great. Is, is that the one you have? Mm -hmm. Again, like, yeah. if you have, if you have, like, physical photos, like, I don't know if you, uh, your lady friend's I, parents have, like, like oh, photo albums or something like that. Like I, for my family, like I doc digitized 30 years of photos with this thing and put them all on Google photos tagged properly. Like, no, this thing's a champ. It's mm. costly though. Yeah, it is. It is. Why is Amazon but, so much more expensive than Best Buy? I don't know. I was looking at that. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing is though, that like, this <sighs> it's just a classic example of buy right or buy twice kind of thing. Where like, mm -hmm. I just, you know, 
Well, because I mean, theoretically, these things should last a really, really long time. So it's like if I would have just invested in the right one from the get go, then. Well, yeah, I mean, so that's the thing where, and it's been my knock against the wire cutter for years, which is they focus too much on price, and that will frequently lead somebody in, down the road of the buy nicer, buy twice situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the the brother's cute and tiny. Like, I mean, the, the space savings is like the the Epson one. Like it, it collapses into itself, so it's not. It it gets small, but it's not. The brother one seems like a little tiny guy. It's it is very small, which would be nice if you know. What if it didn't have a, like a fatal flaw in it? Yeah, yeah, and if I you know moved it around, sort of like from place to place. Oh, uh, I guess. Yeah, but what's once, yeah? What's what's kind of weird about it though is that it it you know has its own little like special power brick thing oh so. So, like yeah so you're not take. it's one of those barrel plugs yeah so yeah. it's you know it's small and portable which okay sure but like you've also got to bring the little you know power thing with it too it's not like it just plugs into usb and gets power that way or something yeah, yeah. it's it's That's it's yeah but um but anyway yes to, to answer your original question i i am um you filed your taxes I filed my taxes. Uh, they tied out in Excel, and I'm trying to g- get rid of as much paper as I can. You didn't have to debit goodwill to make it balance. I did not. No. Mm-mm. That's a very funny joke. That's for some a. People. That's that. That was a. That's a deep cut. I appreciated that. Hmm. Um. All right. Oh, we're getting off track. We gotta. We gotta speed this up. All right. We have lots of follow up. So, um, have I? Did I? Was this? Something we only talked about online, offline, or did I talk about my busted Echo Show 8? It all kind of blurs together, Carlos. I sometimes fair. I sometimes can't remember what's offline, online, or online, online, and maybe soon offline, offline, question mark? Hmm? I mean, we, we might, be able to, might be able to see one another here at some point in the future, and not, not oh, by that's... a slack. Oh, that's what that means. Okay. <laughs> it's been um, so long. I, th- I thought that was a, a, a PG&E PSPS joke. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. that's later in the episode. Okay. So Amazon uh, today released a couple of new updates to the Echo Show 8 and the Echo Show 5, which have improved cameras. Great. Who cares? So um, they're probably the same price, but I have a big bone to pick with Amazon about this. So they've, in case I didn't talk about it on the show... I have an Echo Show 8 that sits on my desk that I use to set timers as a digital photo frame and to see the time and temperature. And for the most part, it's worked great. But there was a software update that got released in March that makes it so that the screen on the Echo, so like if I look to my left of the iMac right now, I'm just staring at a big blank display. It's just all black. If I say Alexa, she'll wake up and it still works, but it's just completely black. And it's just been that way for two months and i called tech support and said hey like i I don't know if it's broken or could you have any advice like i've already factory reset it i've tried all the basic troubleshooting steps but i'm happy to go through whatever you think might fix it because i would like it to work and they said well hey send it and we'll check it out and if we can identify the problem or whatever we'll send you another one they sent me a new one it's the exact same problem because it's the exact same software and it's been like this for two months People on the Amazon Echo subreddit all say the exact same thing that their Echo Show and Echo, their Echo Show 5 and 8s just straight up, unless you are talking to the unit or have like an active timer going, 
80% of the time, the screen is just black, which is not hmm. ideal. Hmm. So I'm glad they released a new one. That's great. Um, maybe, maybe the new one it. won't have this issue. <laughs> so because the problem with this is, um, like, I know, like, there's always a joke on ATP and other shows about, like, oh, file a radar or whatever, like, kind of like the black hole of Apple software bugs and where that stuff goes. But I... I don't know how to play ball with Amazon or how to like legitimately report a bug with this. Cause I'm assuming they know about it just cause like there's no way they don't, but like I can't do anything like my echo spots. I have an echo spot, the, the circular one in the bedroom and in the kitchen and those both are fine, but the echo show isn't. And like, I can't, I don't think I can buy my way out of this problem. Like I can't just buy another one. Like it's going to run the same software and be the same way. So I don't know what to do. <sighs> Amazon says there's a new, quote, octa-core processor inside the Echo Show 8. Great. Hmm. <laughs> It'll go to a black screen faster. Like, I mean, I don't, because I don't use this for anything faster. Like, I, I feel like if I was a power user for it, like, I mean, because you have, do you have a Ring doorbell or you have a Google Hello or Nest Hello? We have a Nest Hello. Yeah. By, by Google. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that has an echo skill integration where if you had an echo with a screen, like you could ask it to show you the front door or show like your most recent visitor or whatever. So I guess in those regards, like the responsiveness of a faster processor might matter, but I don't really know why. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, Amazon Sidewalk, which I still don't entirely understand what it is. I don't either. But it's a thing because we may, I, I think I put it into the Slack, but I don't think we actually ever talked about it a couple of months ago when they teased it, but it's rolling out next month with Tile as one of the uh, partners for it, which is kind of an interesting parallel with the whole find by thing. But my understanding is that it's supposed to connect with other devices and provide, like, I guess it's supposed to act like in, in the, in the way that somebody would under, understand find my to work like Amazon echoes could act as like wayfinding beacons around a neighborhood where like, so I guess theoretically if you had a tile and you walked within Wi-Fi range of the echo show eight at my desk, that doesn't work that that could somehow tell you where I live and somehow place your object. Like I've, I've already proactively opted out of this, but I, eh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I had thought that this was meant to make like device setup easier, which it does sound like that's part of it. But then there's also like a basically Wi-Fi range extender kind of part of it. It's... Yeah, because this is like stuff that's on the like the CNET article that you'll link to says that if like stuff that's at the um, fringes of your Wi-Fi network might. So I guess your Echo will become a repeater for your Wi-Fi, maybe? I guess. Yeah, um, I don't know. I actually have a tangential topic for you. Sure. Just to kind of... It's not really a topic yet, but it, maybe it'll become a topic here at some point. Um, so Google did the thing, which it seems like they're increasingly doing, where they're kind of consolidating all of their apps and various software like at least with smart home stuff into the google home app oh are they killing the nest app they not yet although i wouldn't be surprised if that's eventually what happens I and mean, they've already you know gone through this 
nest account migration process to convert that to your you know google account Mm -hmm. but so i you know i have these little google wi-fi router things yeah and there's there's been a separate app a google wi-fi app they're they're killing that app i think i think it's like next week or something um so now the only way to access anything like any settings or whatever (laughs) with my routers is through the google home app yeah which the problem with that love yeah the problem with that is because i had a google home before the google home app is very bad it's very 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 difficult like it's just it's it's illogically laid out and confusing it's it's yeah it's exactly all of the above and it seems to be missing like very fundamental features compared to what the standalone wi-fi app could do like for example i have a setup where you know i have three of the little little router things in the house one of them is actually set up as the router the one that's you know connected to directly to the cable modem Mm -hmm. and then the other two are kind of like the you know mesh network setup things but i have them plugged into the you know ethernet that i ran underneath my house a couple years ago and there's there's no way to actually show that they're in I guess it's called like backhaul mode or something where they're like, you know, physically plugged into Ethernet. I mean, I know they are and through like speed tests and stuff, I can validate that that's all working. But like in the Wi-Fi app, it used to tell you like, oh, hey, yeah, this 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 um, unit is plugged directly into Ethernet and it's not using the mesh network thing. Mm-hmm. But now there's no way to see that in the app. So anyway, the, the, the little um, the little, I guess, future topic is I'm I'm kind of souring on these these little google things and well kind of want to replace them but i really have no idea what i would replace them with other than the fact that of a massive security breach still on board with the ubiquity stuff yeah i know but like i don't know maybe maybe i just have to have you explain to me (laughs) well you know but maybe i would just have to have you explain to me like what it is I would even buy because I have oh, looked sure. at their website a couple times and I I think I sort of kind of understand what I would need but yeah yeah whenever nothing when, nothing seems to be quite the right th- I don't know you yeah, yeah. would need to explain it to me. whenever whenever you get entirely whenever Google entirely screws the pooch on this uh yeah let me know and I'll let you know yeah because okay. that because that, that the Google Wi-Fi thing makes no sense because for the company that uh when the pandemic or when Zoom hit it big they basically just shoved the google meet application inside of gmail i feel like they could very well find a way to shove the uh google wi-fi app inside of google home like that's their issue they obviously have talent of forcing something that people didn't really want into another app so the the flip side though is that you know longtime listeners will remember all of the trouble that i had with my eras especially when we moved into the the house here was your deal the the Wi-Fi calling issue that everybody had, or was it something else? It, it no, it, it was just literally just you know just with using regular Wi-Fi, just hopping from one unit to the next just just didn't work a lot of the time, and oh. I'd have to turn Wi-Fi off on whatever device I was using, turn it back on. It was just kind of a mess. Hmm. Um, these Google things have actually been like incredibly rock solid, so you know. The software issues aside, like these things actually work really well. So, um, and yeah, I, and then that, that ubiquity stuff, it seems like that's going to be like really expensive, eh. but I don't, 
you know, I don't know what else, like, I don't know what else I would, I would go to. Like the Eero stuff has been significantly updated since I, um, since I stopped using it, but. But isn't, isn't that one like four, if you're getting the nice one, which I think is called Eero Pro, isn't that like $450 for a three pack? It can get expensive. Yeah. But I don't think like Eero Pro would be. I think way overkill for like what I would need because that one's like why is it Wi-Fi six or whatever it is and I, well, but I don't you would need, want I don't need but that if you're gonna now in 2021 reinvest in that why would you not get something that's future proof why would I buy the uh, the brother ADS 1250W of Wi-Fi routers is that what you're saying sure again I I I, I bought. Uh, like I like I had to replace my espresso machine after two and a half months. Um, like I I don't know. Sorry, had to. It's a very poor choice. Of <laughs> uh, but it but it now um and now could be turned on by Alexa. So anyway, Ooh, are we are we going to talk about that? Uh, maybe 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 in another episode. Okay. Um. So yeah, Eero Eero Pro three pack is five hundred dollars. Uh, you can get into the a whole home u- u- ubiquity ubiquity system for probably like six to seven. And that's yeah. anyway. Oh yeah, maybe in a couple quarters. Yeah. All uh, right. Uh, we. What else? What else? What else? Okay. Uh, and then this is just a throwaway. I got an email from my Amazon Echo, which I did not like this earlier this week. Um, I don't know where I put it, so let's go back into Slack and find it. Uh, yeah. So, dear customer, thanks for knowing who I am, Jeff. Or, or Alexa, uh, this email is to let you know that a smart home device on your Wi-Fi network signaled to your Echo device that it's compatible with Alexa, connecting your smart home device, blah, 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 blah. This was before I added something to my network recently that supported smart home stuff. So I don't know, like, even though I know on a technology basis that, like, UPnP and devices use, like, different technologies to be able to discover each other, but I hadn't added anything new to my network in months. So it's weird and unsettling that somehow like my network is being scanned by the Echo and somehow Amazon, like Amazon's email system knows about it and is emailing me about it. I don't know. This this I can see where this might be useful to some customers, but yeah, I I yeah, I think two thumbs down on this. Wait, so th- but this this was a device that was connected to your Wi-Fi network. Yes, but I haven't added anything new in months. Uh, yeah, okay, so you're saying it's not like it prompted you like when you first set something up. No. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So what, what was what was the device? I have no idea. It didn't tell you? No. It said you have a device. <laughs> so it basically <laughs> said open the Alexa app, which if I needed to set oh. something up, I sure I would have. So I don't I don't understand the utility of this, and it's just kind of unsettling that there's probably some feature built into the Echo that uh once every 24 hours is like scanning all network traffic to see what um iot devices i have which also is kind of unsettling that i assume amazon has perfect information on exactly what brand and type of products everybody has in their home i never thought about that that's not great (laughs) (laughs) okay might be an antitrust thing who knows uh also we didn't talk about this a couple weeks ago uh comcast upgraded my gigabit plan uh internet speeds to 1.2 gigabits per second which you have to buy another new cable mode. <laughs> i would because the problem with this is 
this is maybe a buy nice buy twice thing i like what what is the speed of most ethernet connections ryan the the, what is the speed of most ethernet connections Mm -hmm. it's it's one it's one gigabit right correct so if my uh internet speed is 1.2 gigabits how do you access that? Oh, you got to upgrade everything to uh, <laughs> 10, 10 gigabit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is so it, does wh- that mean all your ubiquity stuff is is outdated? Basically. Oh. Like, so that I don't care. Like, I mean, because, I, yeah, I thought about this because when I was buying the new modem, there was, I bought the one that was almost the best one. So I think I'm, I think I may have fucked myself. Um, I bought the one right below the top one. And the other one was like, well, if your internet connection speed ever exceeds one gigabit per second, yeah, this has um, Ethernet like aggregation where you can plug in like mul- multiple Ethernet cables to the back of it. And I think Synology also does this, where you can, if you don't have like a ten gig e port, you can plug multiple. Anyway, Wait, I, but does does that higher end modem also have a ten gigabit port, or do you have to use? I think this? you have to use two cables. And- I don't. I don't know. To use two cables and then plug those into a 10 gigabit router? I don't know. Okay. I didn't research this that far, but yeah. now I feel dumb for when I was researching, like, well, why does this, why does this, the highest end Motorola cable modem cost $30 extra? I don't need that. And then. Well, so they, but that's, that sounds like that would be the least of your problems though, because then exactly. you're talking about. Because my iMac doesn't support it. My ubiquity. None of, because yeah. t- cause 10 gig ethernet stuff is really expensive. Yeah, was isn't it like when they offered that in the um what was it the Mac Mini wasn't it like a hundred dollar upgrade or something just yeah. to swap out the the port on the back? Yeah, and like buying a twenty four port uh, ten gig switch instead of like the hundred and eighty dollars that mine cost, it would have been like six hundred. So I just yeah. feel like that's this was not a problem that I thought was going to be on my radar just because I was already mad at Comcast for. One, having terrible upload speeds, and also in, in the early days of the pandemic, not really, like, my internet would just die from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., but now I'm getting gig speeds, and it's and it's great. So, anyway, it's a nice problem to have, and it's cool that there's an extra 200 megabits that could be used theoretically, but, yeah, I'm happy it works out. I, 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 yeah, I don't know if you're like me. Maybe you're uh, a, a better person than me, but yeah, this, 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 <laughs> this, would, this would nag at me. Even though I totally well, wouldn't need the extra 200 megs down, just knowing that I could have it and don't have it would, that would, I wouldn't like that. Well, I mean, again, I'm still coming off of the fact that I was previously getting 300 down and 10 megs up going to gig down and 40 megs up is still, there's still, it's gonna be a very long honeymoon phase. Mm. And also because of the overhead and theoretical limits of ethernet, the fastest internet download I can get is 941 megabits a second. So I'm already losing 59. What's another 200? Exactly. All right. Uh, talked about this last week. Uh, the Chip Troy uh, Thread Radio something or other consortium has a new name. Lame. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, um, you know, it, it, whenever a company or like they try to make something that's like just cool and... Um, they're thinking too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Zigbee Alliance. I'm sorry. I, like, I understand that's not cool, and Lutron Casita is not cool, but Matter is no. This got this got workshopped too much. Yeah, this is this, this is absolutely one million percent uh, a camel situation. <laughs> 
you you, you remember that joke, right? Give me give me all the details again. No, it's, it's, it sounds a, a, really a camel, familiar. A camel is a horse designed by a committee. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's that. I've I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's I mean, cool. I guess like if, I guess if they're able to. Oh, I don't even like this logo either. It's just three arrows pointing at each other. Yeah, uh. I mean, but you know, hey, honestly, whatever the name is, like. It, it's been it's been confirmed now, which has been a rumor for a while, that these these devices are going to be shipping sometime this year. Um, so I'm just I'm really curious to see what they are. Like I actually, um, I've actually already kind of resigned myself to the fact that they're they're probably going to be like all other smart home stuff and be bad. But I'm just well, curious, like what it's even going to look like, like is this truly going to be a thing where like you can just use any, you know, smart home app to set something up? Like, I, I don't know that I just want to see, I want to see the ins and outs of how it works. I guess is was, is the point of this program that you don't need hubs anymore or am I misremembering or that one um, hub, regardless of what it is, if it's I, a matter hub works with anything, I think it's, yeah, I think it's kind of the latter. Hmm. So if you, if you have a, well, it won't even be. Yeah, it'll be like a like a matter certified hub, I guess. And then Wait. you'll be able to interact with the devices. I I guess basically through like whatever smart home software you want. Like, I mean, some smart home devices. Like, I mean, you you and I were talking about this online, offline, like with with some smart home stuff you've been been looking at and buying. Like, some stuff can already, you know interact with like both home kit and the amazon lady in a can app for example but a lot of you know smart home stuff either works with its own proprietary app or will like only work in the home app or something like that and i think the idea with this matter <laughs> stuff is that you can access any of these devices in any of those pieces of software yeah we shall see the yeah. quote, the main idea of Matter Alliance is to break the barriers between smart home devices so that a user does not have to worry about which platform the accessory is compatible with. I promise that will not be the case. Yeah, it just seems like there's going to be a bunch of caveats to that. And that still doesn't solve, or doesn't sound like it solves one well, of the key problems, well, which and, this stuff is like really hard to set up. Well, and also the administration stuff, because I feel like it's still going to matter which because like if you have a thing where let's say you're scheduling something like it matters mm -hmm. it, it, it mm -hmm. it's relevant yep. God, uh, i already hate this name it's relevant which app you set it up in first because i don't think like because then then no app could ever have better features than another yeah uh, that's that's a good that's a good point yeah all right. Um, and then the throwaway line, this this came up in Apple's earnings last week, and there was a story from Bloomberg this week where uh, Apple said that they were um, likely going to have a face chip shortages uh, based off of what, what was the terminology Apple used? Legacy nodes? Legacy nodes, yeah. Uh, basically, they're, they're saying all, all, all the stuff that goes in an iPad that's not fancy, uh, cutting edge, amazing Apple fairy dust. Uh, that's going to be hard to get. So therefore, there may be chip shortages on um, iPads coming up. And I don't know if it's going to affect the Mac either, but uh, Bloomberg had an article that uh, it will likely be that the 
PlayStation 5 will be supply-constrained well into 2022. Because for a while it felt like the that the like this chip shortage that's been kind of like rumbling in the background was mostly only ever mentioned in terms of um automobile uh electronics and circuitry, where uh it feels like now it is um maybe reaching more traditional um consumer electronics stuff. And then I think this part's all of you. Uh your your boy, Mr. Musk. Uh, Tesla. So a couple things. So, um, uh, well, actually, how, many, how much? Well, this this actually goes back to our opening, which is, I feel like crypto makes uh, filing your taxes harder. So I guess, how did you do your taxes on TurboTax with all of your uh, Dogecoin <laughs> oh. and your? <laughs> I, I feel like you have like your daughter's five twenty nine savings account probably is all in Ethereum. That that is that is the strategy. Yeah. Um, it actually is funny. You mentioned that in TurboTax now, you know, that when you get to the end of the process, um, it, it does, it's like little check thing. And mm-hmm. then it asks you kind of just a bunch of last minute questions just to like, make sure they covered everything. And mm-hmm. cryptocurrency is something they ask about now. Like, yeah. did you, you know, did you trade any crypto this year? Well, and six times throughout the process, they'll ask you if you want a max assurance audit defense, <laughs> which I'm sure you picked up with dispatch. Uh, Oh, I, I did not because I, I had my Excel reconciliation. I feel I feel very good about how my taxes were done. Yeah, I think Janet Yellen will take that. I don't think she has any influence on the IRS. I don't know what the Treasury Secretary does. <laughs> um, yeah, so Tesla, for the past, I don't know, what is time? Three now? months? For, like, for it's, past, it's fairly yeah, new, right? Yeah, some some number of months, I think. They've been accepting bitcoin as a form of payment for for cars like you you can literally go to tesla's website and you've been able to you know i guess initially put down your whatever deposits required to get your order in in like bitcoin and then i guess you settle up in bitcoin at some point i i don't exactly know how it would work especially with how volatile the price of bitcoin is anyway um elon musk as he is wont to do sent out a random tweet at like two o'clock this afternoon (laughs) saying that Tesla would no longer be accepting Bitcoin. And the reason he cited is Mm. because Bitcoin, well, I mean, actually just um, famous phrase here. Let me just go to the tweet. Um, I I guess I put this in the other thing. Yeah. Uh, Tesla has suspended vehicle purchases using Bitcoin. We are concerned about rapidly increasing the use of fossil fuels for Bitcoin mining and transactions, especially coal, which has the worst emissions of any fuel. Cryptocurrency is a good idea on many levels, and we believe it has a promising future, but this cannot come at great cost to the environment. Uh, The energy impact of cryptocurrencies is a new phenomenon? Um, I, um, I saw that uh, I saw, I I saw some stuff on Twitter that I guess this has been kind of like a topic in the crypto world for a while. Well, I mean, well, that's because fundamentally, because the way the Bitcoin are, are you familiar with Bitcoin much? Uh, Yeah, it's, you know, but but you understand the the gist that Bitcoin has a, uh, I think it's 21 million or uh, like a finite number. Yeah. And then basically the way that you generate Bitcoin is by mining them, which basically means using CPU power to um, solve difficult math 
equations. And then as yeah. the supply, as you reach the end of mineable Bitcoin, the number of calculations required to mine a single Bitcoin becomes exponentially or asymptotically, I forget which one means what, uh, harder. And therefore, yeah. as all Bitcoin gets mined, the uh, environmental impact of cryptocurrencies is worse. But it's kind of always been that way where I don't, I feel like this is like a, a just a dumb way of getting out of an extremely volatile cryptocurrency, which maybe was more of a PR stunt and not a, uh, like a, a, a real belief in this is the way people should pay for cars. And also wasn't Tesla's earnings last quarter wasn't much of their profit only due to the appreciation in the value of Bitcoin, not oh, actual cars sold. I didn't see that. I'm pretty sure it was. So this this is silly. Like I don't know because like this is not this 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 is not new. So that entire statement's disingenuous. And also, it sounds like something that was one thousand percent not. It's kind of like you know when you when our former president would ever post or say anything, and you're like, "There's no way in hell he wrote that." Kind of feels similar. Yeah, this was like the. Um thing where this is like a screenshot from some kind of you know text app exactly um, like yeah. this, is, this is not quite like an apple notes dot app apology but this is probably somebody like this is a screenshot of uh something somebody in marketing or legal sent him and they're like Fine. yeah right tweet at mr musk yeah um and then uh i feel like we may have talked about this already but uh the California Department of Motor Vehicles, they have an autonomous uh, vehicle unit and uh, their contacts inside of Tesla have uh, directly, like, I don't know if it's on the record like or, or if, how this came out, but basically uh, they have, people who work for Tesla have said that, quote, Elon's tweet does not match the engineering reality per CJ. I don't know who CJ is. Oh, CJ Moore, autopilot software director. Tesla is at level two autonomy currently where uh, Mr. Musk uh, has for the past number of years, basically like around November, he'll always say that a full self-driving on city streets is coming months away. And um, it, is, it appears that people inside the company who actually uh, are developing the software uh, know that to very much not be the case. Yeah, so this, this was, I, the story that we originally talked about was through some other DMV filing or, or something where, you know, there's there's been this lingering question that I've had, which is like, how was Tesla even allowed to have something that's referred to as full self-driving just like on the roads? Because like California and I think most states like don't don't allow for fully autonomous vehicles to be on the road unless, you know, they, they have like special permits. Like I think like, you know, the cruise stuff, I'm sure has some kind of like special waiver or something. Mm -hmm. um, but th this so this report that we'll have in the notes here is kind of is adding on to that where I guess this was through like a freedom of information act or something like a public records request. There was a, a memo that the DMV had written, which memorialized some conversations that the DMV had had when they reached out to, to Tesla about what this new, you know, alleged full self-driving software does. Like they basically reached out to Tesla and was like, Hey, there's like all these tweets that that Elon's been putting out there, and there's this these software updates that have been going out. Like, what actually is this thing? And the general gist from Tesla's response is like, 
yeah, this this is still just, you know, a driver assistance thing. And this is not anywhere close to being actually full self-driving, which like on one hand is like, you know, for the nerds that are super plugged into this stuff, like, of course, this is what's been happening. Like, yeah, of course, it's it's all marketing and, and nonsense and is, you know. You could say a lot worse about it. It's it's not good, but like for for you know the average consumer, it, the the expectation cannot be that they are aware that <laughs> this software is kind of being sold with a false bill of goods. Well, yeah, but but I think the biggest distinction is that this is proof that the company itself knows exactly where it is, and that the founder and CEO wait. Was he removed as CEO? He's now just chairman of the board, or what's his deal with Tesla? No, he's, there still, an SEC? he's still CEO. No, he's still CEO. Okay. But yeah, but that he is actively misrepresenting what inside the company they know to be possible, which... But, but again, like, I mean, I, well, I, and I, but again, this, this is for, like, you know, the, the nerds who are plugged into this stuff. Like, of, of course. Like, I mean, you can spend 10 minutes in a Tesla today and know that these things are nowhere close to full self-driving. But then I guess like, how much longer does he get to lie about it? It's, it's been years. I mean, no, you, no, but you how go, much go longer? Back and, well, that, I mean, that was the, I guess actually, you know, no, that was the other thing that you and I talked about. There was, there was that Reddit thread that was basically, well, yeah, what, Oh, what is like, their financial liability of all the lies? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's still kind of a, it's an open-ended question. Well, I mean, I would still say that they have, some number of years probably but it'll run out at some point yeah and then lastly related to this apparently their tesla is going to introduce some type of subscription something or other related to full self-driving next month yeah so the the deal is that in order to access this full self-driving stuff there's which like we've a just established doesn't exist which doesn't exist um you, there's like this one-time purchase that you can make either at the time of purchase or through it's actually like literally a you know, like an in-app purchase through the tesla app um but they're going to apparently give people an option where if if you haven't purchased full self-driving you'll be able to basically unlock those features temporarily for a monthly fee and you'll continue to have access to those features as long as you continue paying that monthly fee um, which I mean, it that's actually kind of a cool idea in principle, like kind of a try before you buy sort of thing. Um, but this has also been something that's been promised for a long time now and is always like weeks or a couple of months away. So we'll see. There's kind of a there's kind of a a, a, um, a super niche question that I have around this with my particular situation, which is something that we've talked about on the show before, which is my Model Three has version two of the autopilot uh, processor in it, mm-hmm. and in order to run the the um, or in order to a- access the the features that are currently behind the full self-driving kind of paywall, you need to have version three of that processor. And for people who actually make the full, the you know one-time purchase, 
you can bring your car into a dealership and they'll swap out the chip for you. But I wonder if someone like me tries to just subscribe to this thing for a month just to see like what the heck it even is. I wonder if if I'd be able to also get that same processor update. My guess is no, but I'm I'm curious what the mechanics of that are going to look like. Yeah, just drive it up to the mall and see what happens. <laughs> All right. Eh, we can let the epic stuff marinate for a bit. Uh, all right. Uh, still are sparkling. Mm. We, or not we, uh, the, the drifter community is, is, is very excited, uh, that there are two new flavors of spin drift, uh, pink lemonade and strawberry lemonade. So picked up both of these from target last week. Uh, quick point to note, uh, that the regular price of a eight pack of spin drift at target stores in the Bay area is six dollars and sometimes it is on sale for five the new lemonade flavors are 739 so there's definitely some spinflation going on (laughs) trademark trademark Mm -hmm. but uh, flavor reviews they are one notch below fine bordering on not good Mm. So do you have uh, any affinity to when you, when you hear the the terms pink lemonade or strawberry lemonade what what do you think of I I view or do you have both positive of, feelings I view both of those flavors positively I I told the lady friend about this when you sent this information to me and she she was repulsed by pink lemonade so I she does not share the same positive feelings that that I have yeah, pink lemonade was definitely a '90s phenomenon. It was back when yeah. people thought mm. drinking Lipton brisk iced tea was cool. Back before we all <laughs> realized that sugar is horrible for you. Yeah, um, yeah. So between these two, strawberry lemonade is the least is is the lesser of the two evils. Pink lemonade. So if you'd like, you're welcome to have seven of eight cans. I can put on my doorstep. It's it's <laughs> not it's it's not undrinkable, but it's not very good. Uh, the, the strawberry lemonade is better, but I would still probably just prefer just a, a plain grapefruit or um, just a, a regular old spindrift. So I'm going to say both of these are kind of a swing and a miss. Um, like I'm happy they're trying stuff. Um, I I don't think either of them suffer from your major knock against bubbly. Like I don't think either of them feel like artificial or chemically, mm. but they... Yeah, it just doesn't. Neither of them taste very sparkling. E, uh, don't know how you spell that, but um, yeah, there's there's not not great. Yeah, I mean, like it, the strawberry lemonade. Like, I I wouldn't if I was thirsty in a desert, I would not drink it. I oh, I, I meant to I meant to tell you about this. I'm I'm what? glad I saved it for the show. Um, I know you're not a big Lacroix guy. I used to be. Um. Oh, okay. So you're not anti-LaCroix. You're just pro-Spindrift. Correct. Okay. Um, this, they're, they're, they always are they're pumping out new flavors of LaCroix left and right. It's like every time you go into the Safeway, there's there's a new flavor. But real quick, LaCroix or LaCroix Curate? The l- former. Okay. Um, they came out with... Well, I don't know if this is new. But I recently discovered... Um, Lemoncello. Uh, okay. 
Um, we'll, go, we'll go with that pronunciation. What? What? How else would you pronounce it? <laughs> no, nope, no, nope, keep going. No, come on. I want to. I want to hear your Italian here. How else would you pronounce it? Nope, because I because I think it's spelled L I M O N C E L L O. It is limoncello. That's how you pronounce it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. How, how is it? Um, it's it's very bad. <laughs> yeah i'd imagine it's very very bad because isn't that mostly uh, like i've always only um experienced that flavor in a uh a a boozy capacity yeah we so um for for our honeymoon the lady friend and i went to um went to italy and specifically we went to sorrento which i guess is sort of like the limoncello sort of capital like it, it was it was just it was everywhere there uh-huh. um and so we tried you know a bunch of different types and stuff and it's it's you know it's it's actually you know it's it's okay um not something i would drink every day but um the the lacroix flavor it's like i mean lemon lacroix is very good but lemon cello um it tastes like a lemon cake like a pineapple upside down cake without the pineapple we or just like a lemon pound cake kind of thing mm. um which is just which which isn't actually like bad per se but it's just now what you want from a sparkling drink like you don't want your sparkling drink to taste like a cake <laughs> no you don't you so don't want your beverages to taste like food agreed e- e- exactly so it's like the flavor yeah, the flavor in and of itself is not bad. It's just it's the wrong it's the wrong pairing, I guess. Well, yeah, th- this goes back to my um what's the one thing I always dislike? Sorry, that's very broad. The 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 one thing? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Um I've never what the hell are these? Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. It's beer. Sorry. <laughs> i've like my my biggest knock against most beers that are not cider uh and and the occasional sour is i don't find beer refreshing and i feel like something that tastes like like something that tastes like pound cake like that doesn't it's not that's not beverage uh, that's not uh, speaking to the core competencies of liquids right um, but yeah, you, you, you brought this up cause I had to look up, I forgot what the Courte flavors are of, uh, LaCroix and, but I, I didn't realize they, um, broke this down to, into like, it's, it just feels like a very much like a B2B website. Like there are the core flavors and what the hell is beach plum? That feels like I, that can go straight to the Santa Fe landfill. I, <laughs> I know I made this comment a minute ago, but. There are actually even more flavors of LaCroix than well, I was well, aware no. that so, there were. So that's the problem. That's the, That was the other part that I was going to get to, which is that it does the thing. Do you ever have the thing where you're on Amazon or you're at... Well, you have a website where it keeps scrolling when you scroll down. Yeah. Yeah, this this has a spinning thing to let you know that, oh, yeah, there's more bad flavors coming up. <laughs> like, for some reason, they still haven't disco... <laughs> This goes back to this is a deep cut where there were some people back when Rahm Emanuel uh, was uh, mayor of Chicago. There was a protest against him for some type of controversy, and somebody had a protest sign that said Rahm Emanuel likes coconut Lacroix. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, see, most of these flavors are disgusting. I remember, like, I don't, 
I never, I always kind of disliked, like I, I outgrew LaCroix because one, there were many better options, but the only ones that were ever any good were basically lemon, orange sometime, and the Pomplemousse one. And I hated that they called pomple, grapefruit Pomplemousse. So like, yeah, there's, there are too many flavors here. And also beach plum. No, down, I, I, d- thumbs down to both of those words. I will tell you, you're gonna, you're just gonna reject this outright. But sure, I, already. I, t- take my word for it. The key lime flavor. No, see that, is, that's a cake. <laughs> that's that literally is. Let's it's it's, it's a pie. pie yeah, but, yeah, close enough. Um, pie it's it's actually <laughs> it's actually it's really good. What is the key lime uh, flavor? I like. I, I remember having key lime like pie when I was like nine, and immediately rejecting it. What is key lime supposed to taste like? Very tart, I guess. It would be the the only way I could describe it. But it's. Mm-hmm. I guess the the key lime Lacroix. The thing that I like about it is it, it's just very. It's very full of flavor, which I which I so you know ninety percent of the time when I'm drinking sparkling water, I just want plain unflavored sparkling water. But, you know, for the occasion where, you know, I'm feeling dangerous all and I want, you know, (laughs) (laughs) flavored stuff, I want, you know, like flavor flavor, which, you know, I, I, I know I'm going to offend you again here, but like, that's kind of my issue with Spindrift sometimes. I just, I feel like the flavor is just not quite as much as I want it to be. Hmm. Um, Okay. Key lime, key lime's got a lot of flavor to it. Yeah. So a couple, a couple of things. Does your life insurance adjuster know uh, when you're living dangerously and drinking not flavored sparkling water? I think in the contract you probably have to let them know. But well, also, they, they they should they should be happy if my definition of living dangerously is drinking uh, key lime Lacroix. Well, and they don't know that you're crawling underneath the house to run uh, Ethernet <laughs> cable, non 10 gig Ethernet cable, which means you have to do it again. Oh, the rest you'll have. <laughs> um. Yeah, and this actually goes to a kind of a mini chef special, which uh, for undis- undisclosed reasons, um, I have been having to drink uh, non-sugared uh, sparkling waters. So um, uh, San Pellegrino has a plain sparkling water. Like, you know how Pellegrino normally comes in kind of the um, uh, like 25 ounce like bottles? Like you've watched yeah. Top Chef because they're always a sponsor. Oh, uh, furn- furnished by Sam Pellegrino, yeah. <laughs> or Healthy Choice, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they sell uh, spark- plain sparkling water in um, kind of like Red Bull style cans, you know, like the tall cans, but uh, yeah, not, not the sure. beer cans one. Right, yeah. Uh, it is the most expensive, like... It's very uh, expensive, It's yeah. It costs more than Spindrift. It's $6.79 for an eight-pack of 12 ounces of plain sparkling water, and I'm the sucker that's buying it, so that's why... They they have they have a captive market segment there of people who want uh, cans with fancy foil on top of it. I don't know. Can I, can I be honest? I don't particularly love the taste. The Pellegrino. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's fine. Like if I'm handed one, I I will I'll drink it happily. But <laughs> to be honest, I would usually just prefer either plain sparkling water or, or a LaCroix. Well, I think uh, in, in uh, again, going back to your your summers in Florence or whatever, mm. or Sorrento, I, was that it? Sorrento, yeah. Okay. Uh, is, isn't San Pellegrino like the the uh, um, uh, the Arrowhead water of, of Italy? 
I'm not 100% sure I even ever had a San Pellegrino when we were there, to be honest. It's like in, in Europe where Mercedes-Benz cars are like, like the Hyundai. Like they're, they're very, they're only like somewhat fancy and exotic to us because like they're not the default crappy yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, LaCroix. Yeah, and also this image of uh, four, uh, four ladies having uh, a LaCroix brunch does not, it seems like the most staged photo I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And they also have just, there's no food there. There's just uh, one massive slice of watermelon and some, are those raspberries or black? Not, they're not blackberries, but. I think they're, I think they're raspberries. Yeah. Yeah. This photo, this is, this is very much a, a stock photo. Oh, these, these, uh, how'd you pronounce these? Karate? Cur- I've always thought they were called kurate. There's an accent Cur- mark under curate. the U. Or like, yeah. Um, we, th- these, I think I've had Those are one all of these. gross we, flavors. We bought didn't I buy one of these like at that Amazon Go store thing? Mm-hmm. I thought Maybe. I sent you a photo. I think when I when I went in there one morning after it opened. Is it... Um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. again, a, a call back to a, one of our better episodes. Not saying this one's not good. <laughs> um, where you accurately predicted the two things I bought at the time I went to an Amazon Go store, oh, yeah. right down to the flavor of a single lone can of Spindrift. <laughs> yeah, we've 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 known each other a while. Yeah. Um, um, if if you really want to be um mad at the Lacroix website, uh, you want to select the, well, I guess we'll go with Nicola flavor section. Mm-hmm. There are three favorite flavors there's four la, la, four flavors thank you there's la cola which i so guess is like supposed to be sort of a soda flavor real quick i've had that not that bad okay you'd, you'd think it sucks like i i i, I wanted i thought it was going to taste like what i imagined a soda stream with like the the fake cola drops in it was but it's pretty good but yeah, but the others, the other three are. Uh, yeah, the other three are coconut cola, no, which you know any no. any any kind of drink with with coconut, especially if it's sparkling, and I'm not interested. Any kind of anything. But, um, eh, coconut has its has its place. Mm. Um, then you've got coffee exotica, which, if I'm being honest, I I would try. I'd be skeptical, but I'd try it. And that's supposed to be some kind of combination of coffee and cola, which as discussed on this show, a surprisingly good combination. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nicola Mojito Cubana, which. Wait. Oh, I, okay. You had into the mojito part. Yeah. Oh, this, this is this like is, a Phil's thingy. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's the sparkling water with essence of rum, mint, and lime. I'm not a big mojito guy because I'm not a big mint guy. I'm not also not really a big rum guy either. Um, so this 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 doesn't have much going for me. Um, uh, ten dollars. Well, actually, no. Because uh, I actually think you'll probably get this. Do you know what the ticker symbol of the parent company of the company that makes Lacroix is? No, I actually didn't even know they were owned Public. by somebody, but I. Oh yeah, or you know, owned by a public company. Yeah. So they are they are made by the National Beverage Corporation, which sounds very much like a Russian front for something. Um, 
Uh, the ticker symbol is Fizz, F-I-Z-Z, which I think is pretty great. It's, it's, that's not bad. Yeah. The flavors are bad. The ticker symbol is great. Um, uh, and then rounding this out, because we got to move on. Um, somebody on the Trader Joe's subreddit posted a picture of uh, what's called Greenberry. Apparently, it's Greenberry Coffee Roasters. And this is unique just because... Um, Trader Joe's rarely sells anything that's not Trader Joe's house brand other than wine or alcohol. And apparently that's a good good point. Yeah. Yeah. Almost everything in the store, there's almost nothing that's actually branded by somebody else. Oddly, they sell, um, what's the thing that you like that I, or that I'm indifferent to, uh, the, um, the La Colombe, uh, Mm. uh, draft lattes. They sell that kind of, I've soured on those. I'm just, I'm kind of, I just kind of just drink espresso now. That's kind of, that's kind of the only coffee fix I'm getting these days. Attaboy. But yeah, this, this goes back to, I think something we've talked about before. Like I've had coffee beer. Like I remember having a good one. Um, I, I think in Seattle or LA where, uh, or sorry, in, in Portland or LA where like it tastes good, but I, but I don't get the pairing of boozy coffee. Like, cause, cause like coffee as a flavor is, sometimes good like like i mean it's good but if you're uh beer and liquor generally has has a an op uh a slightly opposite desire result. so i'm well to be fair i i actually am a big um coffee inspired beer fan i hmm. i really really enjoy um lagers and, and and porters that have you know coffee coffee flavor um in them um but yeah like boozy other type of coffee stuff is 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 pretty hit or miss usually miss the one big exception to that though are the irish coffees at buena vista cafe those are an absolute delight so i heard i've heard of that before and i've never never actually internalized or understood what an irish coffee is what is it is It, it just is it just coffee with baileys in it with uh irish whiskey but what is it? I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's part I can't wrap my head around is it's not waking you up. So I, I guess like is the effect neutral? It does if you drink too many of them. Well, but but then does the alcohol then kick in later? Like I, yeah, it's because it's, like they're they're, compete, it, they're equal and opposite forces, sort of. It, it, yeah. It, so I mean, if, this is a safe space, right, Carlos? Um, I'm sure. In my younger silly days. I used to really enjoy Jaeger bombs, mm-hmm. which would have a similar problem that Irish whiskeys have. If if you if you have one too many, is that you end up in a, in a weird headspace where you've drinking too much caffeine, but you you know you're also you're also intoxicated from from the booze, and so you know. <laughs> You would, you would want, you know, normally in that situation, want to go to sleep, but you can't because you've had too much caffeine. And so you end up kind of just in a, in a place where you're laying in bed and you really want to go to sleep and you can't. So Irish coffees are delicious. Just, you know, stick to, you know, one or two of them. That's all you need. That's, that's a pro tip. Got it. Um, but anyway, it, so you you did not try this um, boozy nitro cold brew thing from Trader Joe's. Oh no no no! This, again, this is just on on my favorite uh, 
safe space or not 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 the way that republicans use that term my my happy place on the internet uh the trader joe subreddit somebody posted this and yeah i've never um you know grocery i didn't know the grocery stores ever allowed you to return things um apparently trader joe's if you don't like something you just bring it back i never would because i'm not that kind of person but um yeah, this is this seems like something that would definitely go in the trash basically immediately. <laughs> I um I admit that I I think I mentioned this on last week's show that one of the small pleasures in life that I'm that I'm looking forward to getting back to in the coming weeks here is is um shopping at Trader Joe's again. And if I see one of these, I'm I'm probably gonna buy one. Especially if I'm able to buy just like a single can. Okay. Which I which I hope I hope I can because I I actually am I'm intrigued by this. Yeah, just be on the lookout for Rosie. Although I'm, <laughs> I um, am not clear on what a neutral spirit is, which allegedly is what this is made with. Uh, maybe it's fair trade, <laughs> or or they or they have the carbon offset credits. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. It's it's unclear. Okay. All right, so we can kick the rest of this out for another week. Uh, do you want to jump into stuff specials? Um, yeah, you go first though. I need to. No. I need to round up. <laughs> so <laughs> do, not, do you not have one either? I do, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> Damn it! Um, uh, we we come so so prepared. Hold, to no, because I, I remember I I remember thinking of it. Oh, hey, that's a good one before the show started. Um. Damn it. Um, well, I, I I can save you if you give me just an extra second because I've got a I want to look up the um, look up the um, model number here. Oh no, you're you're good. I'm I'm sure that this will come to me as the moment you start talking. So I'll. Oh no, I have it. Okay, there we go. All right. So have you ever cleaned out your coffee grinder, or do you know that's a thing you're supposed to do? Uh, I yeah, I have a um. I have a quite quite thorough cleaning regimen with my Breville um, espresso machine. Hmm. Okay. I'm good. I'm good about doing the descaling and and cleaning out the grinder. And yeah, I'm I'm pretty good about all that stuff. So with with that, so yeah, I I have an OmniFocus reminder in uh, every two weeks to do what's called back flushing, which is I think that that's what the technical term for when the cleaning light on the Breville Barista Express comes on. Um, where it makes you put one of those old tablets in. Um, so I do that frequently, but I have a, spe- I have a, of course I have a specialty fancy pants grinder for the actual coffee beans, uh, which is called the Eureka Specialita. And it's a very good grinder. Uh, but I didn't, uh, not know that you needed to clean it. And, uh, the company I bought it from emailed me. They have like this, they have these really helpful tips and tricks that they email you like over time. Like at three weeks after I got, I bought the espresso machine. They emailed me saying, "Hey, it's time for your first cleaning." And I was like, "That's this is the kind of spam that's actually helpful." So I was really mm. appreciative of that. So uh, like four months after I bought the grinder, they said, "Hey, it's time to clean your grinder." And I was like, "Oh, I need to do that." Whoops. So there's a thing called so there's a company called Urnex U R N E X. Oh yeah. That, so that's yep. Yeah. So for the espresso machine, they make a product called Kafiza C A F I Z A which is a great thing to uh, do the back flushing on your espresso machine, uh, which cleans out all the oils and stuff. But for a grinder, they make a product called Grinds with a G-R-I-N-D-Z-Z. So like you're Canadian. Mm. But the 
so it, it works. It's great that the uh, so an un, uh, unqualified recommendation of that. But the interesting part about it is that it's basically like the it, they're fake coffee beans. I, so I was gonna. So I don't I was, know. I, how if does, you, how if does you, this work? You you load your grinder with this and you just run it through. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a picture that's that's okay. that's that's cool. So copy image address paste to Slack. Um. So basically, it's yeah, it's just a bunch of fake coffee beans, and what they oh. are is basically just cereal and like some type of like pharmaceutical compound that keeps them all together. So it's basically you're just grinding a bunch of kicks in your in your coffee grinder, and so okay, yeah, yeah, and that's it, and it's great. So, so so you so you run a handful of these things through, but then you run eighty grams of the fake coffee beans through your grinder. And then mm-hmm. you just do one standard like dose grind of regular coffee, and then you discard that so that you don't mix up the flavors, and then you're good to go. So that's all it takes is just one, yeah, like one, one dose. Okay, yeah, every three months or so, and then you're good. Huh? So, yeah. It's oddly expensive. So the Kafiza was like thirty bucks for three like massive things that will take me like a decade to go through. These were twenty three dollars though. And the amount you're supposed to run through the grinder, like each bottle of this is maybe good for four cleanings, which I guess is a year, which is not bad, but it's kind of expensive. But um, yeah, this thing's great. Yeah, um, I'm a big Urnex fan. That's that's like the descaling stuff that I have, you know, that, that's from them. And then I'm actually trying to find, I had tried to make a recommendation to you a while back, but these things had been... They were sold out at the time. Let me see. Yeah, they're back in stock on Amazon now. So this is not really my my chef's special, but I'll send it to you now, and we'll put this in the in the notes. Um, I really like their little cleaning wipes. Um, it's great for like your whole machine, but particularly good for the steam wand. It's whatever magic stuff it's got on it. It's really really good about um, removing milk residue this company is big on the letter z (laughs) (laughs) so these Um, things are these things are really really good that is that's interesting because the one complaint or a few complaints about the breville barista express is that it doesn't have a no burn steam wand or if you do not clean off the steam wand immediately you will cake milk on it really really fast that's so that's part of my like you know taking care of the the breville is that i i use one of these things to clean the steam on after every use nice cool wait are you gonna use that as your pick or do you, or do you have a different one no no i, I have a different pick okay. so that's that's a that's a freebie for everybody here um i'm actually well <laughs> i guess part of the reason why i could include that because my my chef special is one that's that's been a chef special in the past but it's a uh, very appropriate time to resurface it here, which is the. Um, oh, it's the big guy. Yeah, it's the what's the what's the fun model number here? It's the it's LG seventeen. Yeah, fourteen nineteen IVSM, and the, these are the the portable air conditioners that that you and I bought last year. Um, you know, put them into deep storage for the past eight months or so. Um, but this past uh, past week, pulled them out of storage, put them back into service, um, 
because we we have two now one one for for our bedroom and then one for the new housemate's bedroom and um these things are just great they're they're it it's still amazing to me how fast they can cool down a room i mean our the bedrooms that they're in are tiny so i mean it's you know I guess it's not that surprising, but I, I'm just always impressed by how fast they cool down the room. They're very, very quiet. The smartphone integration with their app is like surprisingly pretty good. Um, it's just a a great, great little unit. So, and I, I, I lady, lady friend and I were talking about this. Like, we were in this house for a couple of summers before we bought this thing, and like can't even <laughs> think back to, um what it was like in our house before because like our situation is like the you know at late afternoon sun just absolutely just beams right into the bedrooms which are on the back of the house here and so um they get very very warm on a hot day and so this little portable air conditioner is is delightful yeah the only the only knock is that i'm looking on this home depot page the this because i remember this on the box as well the claim that it is basically as quiet as a library, while I'm sure this is one of the most quiet uh, portable ACs you can get, I would not say it's library quiet. Well, it ha- and there's a huge range, right? Because you can put it into just a fan mode where... Well, yeah, but that's the, not cooling the, anything. Yeah, where the compressor is not on. And if you <laughs> if you put it just on low fan mode, then the the library well, statement sh- might might be true. Well, but, sure, but, but you're, you're right. <laughs> When the compressor's on, it's I wouldn't describe it as loud, but it's but definitely it's not, it's not quiet. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. It, I think it actually ends up being kind of a, a pleasant white noise. Like it's a, but. Yeah, but it's it's definitely not. You know, it's on, but it's my, not. But it's not distracting. Yeah, my only complaint is the so you know you got to put the little thing in your window. Yeah, and you put the little kind of foam stuff around the edges of it. Mine are completely falling apart. Oh. So I, I've i been kind of meaning to like look around to see if there are like third-party knockoff ones that are more, maybe a little more durable or something. But I don't, I don't know if the little, um, you know, the little hole that the, the outlet hose twists into, I don't know if that's like a standard size on all these portable air conditioners. Wait, so, so really you're saying the, the, you mean like the plastic panel that has kind of that extension thing? That's what's yeah. breaking? Or that the foam that you stuck in the window is breaking? The, the, the foam is kind of falling apart. Oh, that you can just, in, in, uh, in the, like the, the stuff that I put on my Roomba so it wouldn't hit the wall so hard. Um, I, I'm sure like they, they sell replacement, um, like window ceiling. Like you, you can totally just buy that. Oh, that's, yeah, that's smart. Maybe I'll look into that. 